Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 482, air date November 19th, 2019. Thank you for having me. I'm very pleased and honored. We have a big opportunity to win. And what I'm talking about is to win the war for truth, freedom, and health. Against the forces of power, profit, and control. Because the battle that we're talking about goes beyond vax and anti-vax. We have to acknowledge... However, because we're a family here, that, if, that as of now, we're losing this battle against the establishment's attack on the health and well-being of our children. So it's time, I wanna take a few moments here to reassess and build a strategy that can actually win. That's what we gotta do, right? We have to win. We're not here to lose, we're here to win. So we gotta step back and look at what's going on. And this is gonna require us to be inclusive, innovative, and integrating the skills of all sorts of people, scientists, inventors, educators, and fighters. So that's how I hope to be of service here today, to be a catalyst for what I believe is a much needed and long needed revolution for truth, freedom, and health. So I wanna share with you how I got to this stage You see, my family and I were considered untouchables, the lowest of the low in India's oppressive caste system. You won't find a lot of Indians like me here, so I'm not going to be a good Indian, not the guy that tilts his head left to right, sitting in the lotus position and being humble. That's not who I am, unfortunately. The plight of my caste was to pick coconuts for the rest of our lives, but my parents didn't believe in that destiny. You see, one of the Uh, oldest memories I have which still strikes me very deep is that I went home after playing soccer with a young boy and the mother forced me to stay outside this uh, the mother of this boy and said Shudra Shudra is like the n-word in India and gave me water in a different bowl and that's when my mother said that we were considered untouchables and the same thing used to happen to her so I know what it feels like to be kept quarantined and kept and and seen differently. But my parents got out of that, and the best strategy that that I can describe that is three words. Education, education, education. You get what I'm saying? That's how we're gonna win this, by educating everyone in a very different way. And we have to get educated as citizen scientists so we can challenge any MD and PhD and show them the flaws in their model of the immune system, which is old and about 150 years old. But most importantly, all of you have to become leaders, not followers. You know, Facebook wants followers, Twitter wants followers, but this movement needs leaders. And to build that movement that's gonna rock the establishment, left and right, Republican and Democrat, because they've all sold us out. They've all sold you out, because they're all pay to play. And so we have to take this upon our own in a very, very different way. So how do we do this? How do we arm ourselves with real knowledge? The knowledge I'm speaking about is about how all systems work. And I was fortunate to learn this. It's about how the immune system works. It's about how the educational system works. It's about how all political systems work. 
And there is a methodology where you can learn this by learning, teaching, and serve to disseminate that knowledge. And I hope to be a catalyst for providing you opportunity to get access to that knowledge because that is a revolution that's going to happen neighbor to neighbor. The most amazing thing is women have always been at the forefront of disseminating this kind of knowledge. They've always been the healers in their communities. And I know this because my grandmother, who was at one of those untouchable people, worked 16 hours a day as a subsistence farmer in a small village. But on weekends, she was a village healer. You see, she practiced one of India's oldest system of medicine, where she would observe your face, she would figure out your particular nature, and then would, she would figure out your particular disturbances to figure out the right medicine for the right person at the right time. That's what medicine was supposed to be about. It was supposed to be a personalized medicine. It's not about one size fits all. That was done by a woman who had tattoos all over her arm, who had no degrees, who chewed tobacco, and looked a lot different than any MD you'd ever see in a white lab coat. But that's what motivated me to want to become a healer and a scientist and a doctor, or to get educated in that. So in 1970, about 49 years ago, my parents left India and that caste system and we came here. But within me was this deep intention and motivation to understand how that woman with no degrees was able to heal people and, and what was the nature of that Indian political system. So I ended up working really, really hard because I wanted to learn how to fight and by the time I was 14, I'd finished up calculus and ended up going to NYU where I learned computer programming and in fact got a job as a full-time research fellow applying computing to medicine in Newark, New Jersey. Not at MIT, but in Newark, New Jersey, where I was given the opportunity to apply computers to understand why babies were dying in their sleep, sudden infant death syndrome. This is 1978. And I figured out some very interesting relationships as a young kid, published. But at that same time, in that medical college in Newark, I was also given an amazing opportunity. Only America could have afforded someone like me the opportunity to convert. Some of you may know that old-fashioned inter-office mail system, inbox, outbox folders. I was asked to convert that entire system to the electronic form. I did that in 50,000 lines of code, named it email, and got the first U.S. copyright as a 14-year-old kid. And that, recognizing me as the inventor of email, and that stuff is all in the Smithsonian over there. But when, that, when the facts of that invention came out, a lot of people got pissed off. Who got pissed off was a military industrial academic establishment who believes that all great innovations, all great ideas must come from war and from killing people, not from a 14-year-old immigrant American kid in Newark. But the fact is that all great things come from everyday people. So when I came to this was done before MIT, so when I came to MIT, I wanted to understand how systems of medicine work. The problem was, I found out that Western medicine looked at the body as parts, right? They look at it as this part and that part. So if you go to a doctor, you could get sent to 10 different specialists. They don't even understand that the ankle bone is connected to the foot bone. That's a problem, right? But in 2003, something happened. I'd done a bunch of degrees and I was asked to come back to MIT. Something very interesting happened. You guys remember the Human Genome Project? Right, so what happened was in 1993, we went into the Human Genome Project thinking what made us different than a little worm 
which we knew had about 20,000 genes, was a number of genes. We thought complexity of a system was a function of the number of genes. So we thought we must have about a million genes. Well, guess what? We only have 20,000 genes. We have the same number of genes as a worm. Did you guys know that? Well, now you do. And what that did was it flipped biology on its head in 2003. And what it did was it said, we need to go to a systems approach to biology. We cannot, exactly, we cannot look at things separated. We need to start interconnecting things. And truth emerges when you start connecting the dots. So what ended up happening was the National Science Foundation said, well, we need to start modeling the whole human cell beyond the genome. Genes are not who we are. What we eat, what we think, what stuff we put in, what's in the environment can turn on and turn off genes. That's how diseases come and that's how diseases can go away. So just gave a huge, a completely different view of biology. And as a part of that, I came back to MIT and spent five years creating a new technology, as Hillary said, which can mathematically model all sorts of biological processes, inflammation. We can model cancer, Alzheimer's. In fact, this technology was called Cytosol, but was the basis of my PhD work. Using that, we discovered a drug for pancreatic cancer in a record 11 months and got it allowed by the FDA. So this technology takes a systems approach. It sort of provides you a way to understand alchemy of things. It's sort of how my grandmother mixed those stuff together. That technology we use today to help the biggest pharma companies, the biggest nutraceutical companies, the biggest functional food companies. But what that technology has allowed me to also discover is that the modern modern theory of the, the, the way that today MDs and pediatricians look at the immune system is about 50 at best to about 150 years old. 50 to 150 years old. The model of the immune system is not just the innate immune system and the adaptive, but it's much more complex. It's a microbiome, it involves the neural systems, and it involves a missing link called the interferon system, which, which you can hear about more. But the point is that the immune system is a complex system. And what they have done is use reductionism, which I'll come back to. Reductionism is something that everyone here needs to learn because reductionism is the tools of fake science. It's the tools of fake news. Okay? So what they do is they take a very complex system and they reduce it to a single variable or a single part. In the case of the immune system, they reduced it to something called the antibody. That's it. And if you have this antibody level, therefore, you have a great immune system. Well, it's fake science, guys. It's bullshit. Okay? The modern science of the modern science, by the way, the National Institute of Health today, Francis Collins, its executive director, after the Genome Project ended, today, even conventional medicine agrees that we need to move to a systems medicine. We need to move to precision medicine, personalized medicine, the right medicine for the right person at the right time. Sound familiar? That's what my grandmother knew, and that's what people in traditional systems of medicine have known for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And that's what you mothers know intuitively. And that's why you're here, because something doesn't add up. So, so the real question is, the real question is, what is real health, right? What is the goal of health? 
Is the goal of health to reduce your antibody levels or increase it to a certain level? I would argue that's not what it is. Modern science, modern engineering science tells us that the purpose of health is to have a resilient system. You hear that word? Resilience. Resilience, resilience, resilience. What resilience means is that you're supposed to get stressed a little bit. Maybe you're supposed to be exposed to certain pathogens and viruses, right? Maybe these viruses and pathogens are not our enemy. Maybe they, they are what we're supposed to be. But Western medicine has reduced everything using reductionism. And I'll end with this piece because I have a couple of one minute left. So how do you understand reductionism? Reductionism can, can best be understood by Buddha's great parable. It's a story of the six blind men. You know the story? They're invited and they each touch different parts of the elephant. And he, the guy who touches a tusk thinks he's touching the spear. The guy who touches a tail thinks he's touching a rope. And the guy who bumps into this, to the foot thinks he's bumped into an oak tree. They all have a blinded view of reality, right? And that is how modern science is working today. Because the academics today are funded not to find truth, but to bring in grant money. And they're funded to support this concept of reductionism. There is only one way out of this. It's not gonna come from a small set of people. It's not gonna come from celebrities and politicians telling us what to do, because they're all part of this. It's gonna come from all of you becoming citizen scientists, from you learning how to learn, teach, and serve. You need to learn systems thinking. You need to learn that the ankle bone is connected to the foot bone, and you need to be able to go educate your neighbors in small communities. The win is not getting a big thing on CNN or Fox News. The win is that you educate 10, 20 people how these systems work. That's how we're gonna win. We're not gonna win by one methodology. We're gonna win neighbor to neighbor, one to one, because this is a long battle for truth, freedom, and health. So I say to you, you know the truth, you be the light, and you find your way. Thank you.